Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning everyone, this is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team here with Rick Zamperin and Jennifer Dreho and Monique McKay from my team. Stealing all my thunder. What do I say oh, now? I know. you got nothing to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take your job over hey, there, Hey, this is the uh, Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Yes, Rob Golfie is in studio. Sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Jennifer Dreho also here. Monique McKay is here as well. We're stuffing them all into the studio on another hot Saturday morning. Uh, both Monique and Jennifer, sales representatives with Rob Golfie on the Golfie team. If you're not familiar with the program, uh, we talk about real estate trends, uh, market trends, uh, in regards to home sales, we have some August stats we're going to toss around. We're going to talk about chattels and fixtures and refrigerators and furnaces and all sorts of appliances and how that pertains to you, whether you're buying or selling a home. If you have a question for Rob, you can email questions at robgolfie.com. We will answer it on next week's show, so keep those questions pouring in. Rob's website, robgolfie.com, Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them at 905-575-7700. You can find them all over social media, Rob Golfie on Facebook, at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Hello, good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Good morning. Thank you, class. <laughs> <laughs> so, Back to school. Do we want to start with um, Hamilton's market and how we did in August? August. Okay, let's was, start there. August was an incredible month. Um, there were reported uh, 1,409 sales were processed through the uh, multiple listing service in the Hamilton, Burlington, the surrounding areas. So sale, sales were up 9.2%, hmm. higher than the same month last year. Uh, which was a record for August. And we've only had three records this year so far. Uh, March was a record and also May. Um, there were 1,645 properties listed in August, but there was a decrease of 10.8% compared to August last year. Really? So there's less properties being listed mm -hmm. and sales are still strong. That wow. means that means houses that uh, probably normally wouldn't sell in a normal market, in a balanced market, um, are are selling and it's just uh, that shows you the shortage of homes people yeah. are buying everything that's out there I mean whatever it hasn't sold um, if it hasn't sold then people you know your house is overpriced because mm -hmm. this is one of the hottest markets in probably 20 years so mm -hmm. since since probably 1989. Uh, it has been incredible, and uh, it just keeps going. Are there? Uh, I just want to pounce on that point regarding uh, sale price or price points. Are there a lot of homes in town, even reflective of these stats, that are overpriced? Um, a lot of over. Well, you, Je I've got one. Uh, Jennifer and Monique, they they're uh, they're in the trenches there. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah, for sure. I've got one, and it's been listed for probably three months. It should have been sold by now, wow. but definitely price. For so sure. and obviously that's the seller wanting a particular price, yes. right? Right. And you're urging them to say eh, it's a little too high. Yeah. Right? Well, we we go in and we tell them, you know, say here's what we recommend, um, and uh, so, but in their eyes, um, you know, they're saying, well, the house down the street they had to sell, and and you know because of this, they, everybody has their excuses yeah, why their yeah. house is better, and so they price it higher, and they feel like 
some of them want to cash in. Like it's like a lottery for mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. And um, like I had one lady on um, on East uh, West West Third or something like that. And I went in and I'm you know I'm thinking the surroundings are going to change on this property. It's uh, it's a century home. Can't be torn down. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, the builder would have bought it and torn it down. So it can't be torn down. But there's going to be like three, four hundred homes going around this property. So it's not going to be secluded in right. all the nice surroundings. And uh, so they're thinking that their house is worth over probably one million, one point two million. And I'm thinking it's probably like somewhere in maybe in the seven seven fifty range. Wow, that's a big difference. It, there is a huge difference. And uh, so something like that, um, it's tough. You know what I mean? Like, like so if I don't tell them uh, that what the value I feel is a willing buyer willing to pay, um, I'm not doing my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm willing to work with them, but there's such an extreme difference that they're going to be super disappointed. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there will be an agent that will list it. And, you yeah, know. no, and I think that I, the market being the way that it is, it gives people like some false – you know, uh, thought that maybe that their house will be, it'll go, they can just name their price and no matter what, somebody from Toronto is just going to pay it, which isn't the case. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are getting a lot more savvier. A lot of people from Toronto now are getting Hamilton agents to help them out with their purchase. And so, you know, not just anybody's just going to buy this overpriced house anymore. Right, right. They're they're more cautious. People are more cautious. Um, Like a year and a half ago, people just came in and said, wow, look at this East End home for like (laughs) (laughs) $189,000. I'll give them two hundred just because I got the cash. You know, these GTA buyers. But now that these... Two hundred thousand dollar homes are up to three fifty now, three thirty. And it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, what? this this house doesn't have a basement. It doesn't, you know, it's 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 you know, people are taking a second look before yeah. they actually jump in. When you know? when deciding a price or sticking to a price from a homeowner's perspective, uh, do you find that homeowners who've lived in the same house for a long time are harder to convince because they've been there? They have that that buy in. They they think their house is worth that much because they've been living in it so long. Well. I don't know. Uh, talk know about what? the waterfront people. That, that <laughs> here, here, perfect example. Somebody bought this house, let's say for five hundred thousand. Yeah, they got a little bit of a water view from one of the bedrooms, right? And all of a sudden, two years later, they want to sell it for a million dollars. And all, <laughs> and now they're saying, and I, and, and they're saying, listen, we got this amazing water view. And I says, was that water view there when you bought it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden, it's it's worth more now be, for some reason that because they own it. Right. You know, so it's and they just, want to overvalue it. They overvalue. Like, I mean, like Monique and Jennifer, they go on a lot of valuations. And I think it just depends on, on the person and how right. realistic they are. A lot of people do get very emotionally attached to their sure. properties. Yeah. So it kind of just depends really on the on the person. So back to the August stats, up 16%. Is that a surprising number or is that something that we were expecting? Uh, a surprising number because we found that... Uh, like August, we found our inventory increased a bit, eh, girls? Um, yeah. Um, and uh, we have some listings that are lingering around. It's because people are wanting, um, you know, a lot of money for their houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we kind of have to work with those listings and, and get those price adjustments done. Uh, but we we, we had, I mean, we, we sold more this, this August than we did last year. I'm actually quite surprised, though, because we've had such a hot, hot summer. And last summer was really, it rained a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just assumed that this summer wouldn't be as, as good as last, but it is. It's amazing. Yeah. I thought more people would be going away. It's as hot as the weather. Yeah, Basically. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, nice. yeah. Do we have a particular portion of the city that's hotter than the other? Not in terms of the weather, but in terms of real estate activity? <laughs> well, last year, I've got like Hamilton West. 
uh, in 2015, 39 homes uh, were sold in 2015. In 2016, we had 57. So uh, we don't know if that's a lot of student rentals, people yeah. are unloading them. Uh, but last year, the average price in the West End was 327000 this year, it's almost uh, 442. Wow. That's huge. Now, does that include Dundas too, or is that just Westdale? Uh, West Westdale. Like Dundas would be. So last year in Dundas, uh, 25 homes sold in the month of uh, August in Dundas last year, and this year it was uh, it was 31. So we went from 467,000. Uh, well, let's say 468,000, the average price in August last year. Went up to five hundred and eighty-five thousand eight hundred wow. in August of this year. Like that's crazy. That's insane. It, it is insane. Now, I mean, there's only thirty-one sales, so one couple of big sales there could could like offset the the average. Mm -hmm. um, look at look at Grimsby. So Grimsby last year there was thirty-seven sales in August of two thousand fifteen. This year there was thirty-two. So there was there was five less. So last year the average sale price. In Grimsby was four hundred and ninety-two thousand. This year, it, it actually dropped to four hundred and eighty. Grimsby is a funny market. Interesting. Grimsby goes up dramatically every second year, and then it and it, and it balances kind of out every off. second year. It just I don't know. That's the way Grimsby is, and Grimsby is just a small little net. And uh, but but everywhere else is is up. Like um, the Hamilton Mountain, uh, Hamilton Mountain, one hundred and seventy-six homes sold in uh, in uh, two thousand fifteen in August. 217 this year. Hmm. So a lot of homes sold, and, th and this th this looks right, because we, we do a lot on the Hamilton Mountain. So the average price last year in 2015 was 326,770. This year it's 400. So Jenny, yeah, Jenny and I are right now, we're going to, a li uh, we're listing a property today. Mm -hmm. We're trying to debate whether to list it at 450 or 500. It's and really tough. Yeah, wow. it, and it's a tough one. So and fifty thousand—that's a lot of money. Well, we we don't want to leave any money on the table yeah. for anybody, but we're probably—it's better to get more showings, and then and maybe you know we don't know what the market's going to do mm -hmm. every month, every week. It's different. It is hard to gauge yeah. what a willing buyer is going to pay yeah. for a house. Yeah. yeah. And you know, in, in this market, you can't really underprice a property. Um, you know, we always kind of give a, a longer irrevocable time, right. and then. You know, you will get a lot of showings and multiple offers. So yeah, yeah it's there's just s such a lack of inventory out there that um, you can't go you, wrong. You can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Location still the overwhelming factor in terms of starting uh, at a starting base. Yeah. You know, if it's in a great location, sure. you know, it's going to start at this at this price. Absolutely, yeah. location is a key factor. That's you know, um, people want that good location because they down the road it, it just makes it easier to sell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and Mountain still the most active. You mentioned two hundred seventeen. Yeah, the Mountain actually. Well, but Hamilton West had a huge increase. Yeah. Oh, I know, huge. But um, Hamilton Central is another big. Uh, 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 is probably second in uh, in all of Hamilton. Yeah. So I, I work Hamilton Central a lot, and I, it's a lot of Toronto people, uh, young families yeah. moving mm -hmm. in. Down millennials. Yeah. Millennials. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, Stage all millennials. Area. All millennials. So last year in Hamilton Central. Uh, average price in August was two hundred thirty-four thousand. Let's say two hundred thirty-five thousand. Okay. This year, two hundred ninety-nine thousand. Wow. Yeah. So Hamilton Central is always. It, it's actually downtown. The Hamilton Central in in uh, ten, fifteen years from now it is going to be a beautiful area to live because it is getting cleaned up with 
people that are putting money into mm-hmm. these houses. Is this area, central area, is this a prime uh, portion of the city that investment-wise is going to pay off in, as you say, 10, 15 years? I can answer that. It's already paying off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it is. I'm telling you, I've got people coming in from Toronto. They're buying everything up. Ever since that Mm. GO train station went in there, it's it's been a frenzy for sure. And then the uh, LRT going in as well. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a great place to invest right now. So hearing that, because there's going to be an LRT, or or not a new LRT, a new GO station uh, in and around Centennial Parkway, are we expecting the East End to maybe see some of that hot activity too? Well, we'll we'll probably see a little bit happen happening in the uh, Winona Grimsby area okay uh, that because it's it's only like maybe a 10 to 15 minute drive yeah. from there to that go station at Centennial Parkway interesting so. all right when we come back we're going to talk about uh, channels and fixtures and appliances here on the Hamilton real estate show on am 900 CHML This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio this fine morning with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Our special guest today, Jennifer Dreho and Monique McKay, sales representatives with Rob Golfie on the Golfie team. Call them all today, 905-575-7700. Find them online, robgolfie.com. On social media, you can find Rob on Facebook. Just search Rob Golfie, at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. So we talked in the first segment about Hamilton's red hot conditions in August. Now we're going to go inside the home and talk about things that are left behind or people um, struggle with whether they should have to pay for it or whatnot. So um, who pays for chattels and fixtures when they break? Maybe we'll begin with what what in the world is a chattel? Okay, so under the terms of the standard agreement of purchase and sale form, all fixtures must remain with the property unless excluded by the seller. And the chattels can be taken by the seller unless included by the buyer. What is a chattel and what is a fixture? Yes, it, please. If it takes a tool <laughs> to remove uh, anything, that's the rule. In other words, if an item is so attached to a home or the property that is that requires a tool to, re- to remove, remove it, then it's presumed to be a fixture. If it's not attached at all or only attached by, for example, a plug or a hook or, on a wall, then it's a chattel. However, while some like uh, some closet organizers can be removed by hand, others are built in to the wall itself. Uh, so, for instance, um, um, I can explain this in okay. a nutshell. <laughs> there you go. This is how I explain it and break it down to people. Basically, okay. if you were to take your house, flip it upside down, and shake it. Anything that would stay fixed to the property is a fixture, and anything that would fall off is considered a chattel. Okay. So you can remove a chattel? Yes. Okay. Yes, chattels are removable. They're not mounted or fixed to the property. So like a photo or a picture. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And and sometimes we have problems uh, when people... Uh, take the bathroom mirror. So when you move in, I just had this last night. Oh, really? and it's and yep. it's frustrating. So sometimes on the on the agreement of purchase and sale, it, yeah, it is pretty bad because you know you move in. 
the first thing you you go to the everybody always looks at themselves in yep. the washroom, yep. right? Yep. All of a sudden, there is no mirror there. And then for you to go out and get a mirror, you want to get the right mirror for that bathroom. Sure. So you end up without a mirror for a long time. It's just more annoying to think that you assumed that you had it, but really you, you didn't. Know. Yeah, because it, it was just hanging and hanging in the bathroom. So, Monique, in this particular story, was this mirror a chattel or a fixture? Technically, it yeah. is a chattel because okay. it wasn't mounted; it okay. was hung. So. Yeah. Um, but the seller has agreed to put the mirror back oh. for the buyer. So wow. that, that's... Is that important to the buyer, right? Yeah, I mean... It was probably part of, part of what the look of that bathroom was. Exactly. A lot of the times buyers go in and you do your final walkthrough and then you see all these items removed or in need of repair mm-hmm. and, you know, they just... It creates anxiety for sure. them and so they were, you know, they wanted this, this mirror and the seller actually spoke to his lawyer and the lawyer had said yeah you should leave the mirror wow so interesting just yeah i I think out of courtesy not of uh respect yeah yeah Yeah. so when a chattel or fixture breaks who's responsible well if it breaks before the homeowner (laughs) the new buyer moves in Mm -hmm. they've got to well you have to as a realtor i put this clause in every offer. And the clause states that the seller is going to represent and warrant that the chattels and fixtures be in good working order on completion. And that um, survives up until the completion date. So they are responsible for those items up until the closing date. However, if something breaks down after the closing date, then it is the buyer's responsibility. So it's very important um, when you have a realtor to go to the property one or two days before and check all the items, mm-hmm. you know, run the air conditioner, run the dishwasher, run everything. Because at that point, if something isn't working, the lawyer can hold back funds until the seller either uh, repairs or replaces the item. Right. If, you know, funds have all been transferred, they move in and the washer is not working, it's very difficult at that point to do anything. Yeah. So basically the homeowner... Um, and what we put in uh, um, as realtors, we put in that everything will be in good working order on the day of c- completion. After that day is over, they're not responsible for it. And But sometimes you can put in an offer that, uh, you know, warranty shall survive for 30 days after. I would not accept that if, mm. if I was representing the seller mm-hmm. because who knows, it, then fault comes in. Well, mm. you didn't know how to run the dishwasher, yeah, right? right. Now, why should I have to pay for something? Yeah, yeah you the air conditioner too high or low. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And and who knows wear and tear when a breakdown is going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Is there a lot of negotiations within these clauses between buyers and sellers? Oh, yes. Yeah? <laughs> yes. What's yeah. the hottest item in the home? Um, what is it? Oh, I know. I know. Go ahead. Um, the women love their washer and dryer. dryer. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, the red ones. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, oh yeah. yeah, they don't the want to let those go. The front loaders. Yeah, sometimes you know those it, are deal breakers. That's all it comes. It comes down to at the end is is appliances. Yeah. So that can be yeah. frustrating. Wow. Yeah. So when one of these breaks down, whether it's a, uh, an air conditioner or a fridge before closing, what what happens? So the um, you would notify the lawyer and the real okay. the realtor representing the seller, let them know that it's not working, um, and they have to fix it. But the lawyer would hold back funds until the buyer goes in and sees that it's fixed. And um, just a little side note: lawyers tend to hold back quite a bit of funds, so mm. it's ideal for the seller to to fix it or yeah. replace it themselves. Okay. Yeah. Same goes for a furnace because that's. You know, probably the heart and soul of the home, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yep. Yeah. The furnace should be working. The hard, the hard thing about 
finding if let's say you're in the dead middle of winter, you're not going to be able to know if an air conditioner works. Right. So it's it's kind of like, and you don't want to put a warranty till after, like like pools. Um, a lot of times people buy houses with pools, and then usually there's a clause in there saying, listen, well, um, well, we'll warranty it till. Like let's say that they people open up their pools on, on the May two four weekend, mm-hmm. like the, the the holiday weekend, and they'll give it uh, probably two weeks after that date. And but if they open it themselves and, and mess up something with the pump or the filter, the sellers pr- prior prior to owning it um, could be responsible. It depends how the contract's read. You but the way I normally I like writing it up uh, for rep- uh, representing the seller, saying look. We've got paperwork here saying that, you know, a, a legitimate, you know, a reputable pool company locally has closed this pool for the last five years. Yeah. And they indicated that when they closed the pool in the fall, it, everything was in working order. Now, it's hard to tell. Like, we've had some extreme cold winters. So it was working fine when they closed the pool. But in the wintertime, I mean, in the spring, when they open it up and, mm-hmm. and we had extreme cold winters, um, that that pump or may, no may be broken. Yeah. So... The homeowner didn't know about it. The pool company didn't know about it. I mean, it just, it just, it was just something that happened over the winter. And that's, you know, sometimes it depends what you have in the contract mm-hmm. uh, that can protect the buyer or the seller. Regarding furnaces too, and I know you and I, Rob, have talked off air about the furnace situation and how, especially with rental contracts, can really put a, uh, uh, whatever the adjective you want to use, a curveball into negotiations. How hard is that to deal with? Oh, well, you know, well, ask Jenny's. I- We've dealt quite a few with them in, in Monique and, uh, uh, with with rental rental furnaces, they, they, they are deal breakers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If we are um, representing the seller who has a rental uh, furnace and water heater, we typically like to ask them to pay it out on closing because it's not ideal for the buyer to assume because half the time these um, these rentals are very very expensive mm-hmm. uh, to buy them out. So it's in your best interest as the seller to pay it out on closing um, because that becomes a little more appealing of a deal for the buyer. Yeah. yeah. Now, would the seller build that cost into the price of their home that they're trying to sell? Can, mm. can they do that? Well, not really. I mean, we like, could be talking about 10000 bucks, right? Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. And it's hurt. A lot of these people that have these rental furnaces don't know what the payout is. They yeah. just wanted to get it. And I'm surprised they don't finance it instead of rent it. Um, so let's say we got a $300,000 house. The house is worth $300,000, mm-hmm. whether, it, it you know, if it's a a new furnace or a furnace that's only five years old. But then the homeowner finds out that they've got a rental furnace and an air, an air conditioner, and they got a $12,000 payout, even more. Right. And, and that throws them right out. And, and us as uh, realtors, well, I mean, sometimes we'll put the rental furnace in there. That hurts the sales like like people that are buying say listen i'm not i'm not going to rent this furnace yeah. so so the homeowner will have to pay out the furnace on closing on completion and uh and then the, the people that make all the money are these uh re- the companies that uh, sell them these mm-hmm. rental furnaces so if you guys are thinking of getting a rental furnace do not listen don't to that it. guy don't do it it's, i'm telling <laughs> you i know you i know you think you're going to stay there and they <laughs> offer you this thing that they'll service the, the place forever don't do it. Yeah. You you can get you can get yeah, rent you, you can get buy contracts. A brand, brand new one for, for the same for like a quarter yeah. of the price. Yeah, yeah don't do it. After ten years, you have yeah. to pay. Yeah, yeah. This is the uh, Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM nine hundred CHML. Rick Sanford in studio with Rob Golfi, Jennifer Dreho, and Monique McKay. You can contact them at nine zero five five seven five seventy seven hundred. robgolfi dot com is the website. At Rob Golfi on Twitter and Instagram, and check out Rob Golfi on Facebook as well. Do sellers switch appliances? And what happens in this regard? Oh, yes. 
Yes. So what's happening here? I'll, I'll, you guys go ahead. I've got story. I can tell you a really big story. I can see Monique just firing up here. <laughs> yeah, she's she's revving up the engine. She's thinking about what, uh, what happened. Yeah. They do, and it's um, it's a tough situation because if you're not completely descriptive in the chattels, like uh, frigid air, stainless steel stove, sure. right? Yeah. Um, then and you don't have any proof, then it's kind of hard to, to come back on that, right. right? Do you have so, a specific example um, or a story? Um, one time, yes, over a dishwasher. Okay. Um, however, they couldn't really prove it. You could see the photos um, from the listing, mm-hmm. and it was still stainless steel. So, But it was a totally different dishwasher? It, it allegedly? was. Allegedly? Uh, yeah, allegedly okay. it okay. was. So, um, I mean, at the end of the day, it... it Nothing happened. They wow. had to keep the dishwasher. That seems like a lot of work. There, but <laughs> well, they were accusing the sellers of of you know swapping out the the dishwasher. Yeah. The sellers said you had no proof. Um, you know, we tried to look at the photos. It was you know the flo- photos yeah. really didn't. Um, I, had, right. I had the same thing happen with doors, and I had a buyer who bought a, an old century home, mm-hmm. and those doors can be pretty pricey yeah. because they and that's a fixture. Yeah, yeah. can't check that yeah. off. It's, yeah. it's, it's mounted. Yeah. But somehow the seller, well, my buyer thought that the seller had taken the doors, but turns out that he didn't take the doors at all. They just weren't any doors. So we had this thing going back and forth about doors and it weren't even there in the first place. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, I, I, I did have, when I was in my first year in the business, um, a, a client, I was representing the seller. Mm-hmm. And um, the seller was in the appliance business of some way and he switched all the appliances wow. so and oh my god it was just it, it it was a disaster because you don't assume that somebody uh would would switch out the appliances right and uh so what happened they, they changed everything the washer dryer the fridge still everything and it <laughs> so it, it becomes a disaster now it's like you can but it's hard to like like monique says it's hard to prove because if you don't have serial numbers or pictures or anything right, right. so a lot of times what, what what's good to do is um when when you're the property that you're buying and and let's say you're you know you're in there for during the home inspection it's always good to go in and, and all the appliances and snapshot because everybody has smartphones now right mm-hmm. and every phone's got a camera and you're allowed to do this um well i i think if you're buying the property you open up the fridge yeah. and they have a serial number there right. you snapshot it and uh and then now you got proof right. that that fridge was in that house so and on completion if it's not the same fridge or the, or appliances you can take in the small claims court and they'll they're then you know you're gonna get hmm. you know you're, they're gonna be you're gonna be awarded the money to get new appliances and it's gonna cost them even more money yeah. Uh, the people that you know sold the house, but so, you know, it's just it's hard to tell what people do, right? Like it's just you you expect everybody's going to be normal and and do the normal process, and but sometimes mm-hmm. you get somebody that just you know. And these switcheroos really put you as realtors in, oh. in the thick of things because obviously you're unaware that this is happening, and then you get blindsided by yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we you know because we're representing whatever the either the buyer and for representing the seller, and our sellers have done that. Yeah. Then it's you know like we're we're trying to you know smooth things out. And uh, if if there is proof that they did it, they will probably end up having to come back, especially mm-hmm. if there's proof, especially if you do yeah. take pictures. Yeah. So if you're buying a house, and uh, I'm going to tell you something, it's like it, it, it 
99.99%, it's not going to happen. Usually people will leave it, but there's always that one. It's just, mm-hmm. you don't know if you are the one, mm-hmm. you know? And all of a sudden, you wish you did did this. You wish you took the pictures. You took the, the model numbers and everything. Mm-hmm. It's always good to do it. Just, yeah. you have it, snapshot it. Anything, anything that you see, just take pictures of it. Yeah. And in more cases than not, it, it is those big ticket items, you, you know, the fridge, the washer and dryer, the, uh, the dishwasher, perhaps. Um, yeah. Sometimes it, it's a light fixture. You know, it's a chandelier that was hand, hanging over the right. dining room yeah. table that wasn't excluded or something like that. But um, typically on all offers, you put that all existing light fixtures are included. Yeah. So, yeah, they would have to leave that unless it's it listed as an exclusion. Right. So. And can I add something? Yeah. Garbage is oh. not a chattel. Yes. Garbage Nobody is not a chattel. I just had that happen. So garbage is a fixture? Nobody wants those chattels. No. Yeah. And it's funny, like a lot of a lot of people leave garbage for the next buyer to, really? to take. Like, yeah, I just can't understand. And they think it's okay. They think they want it. They think that they want that old, <laughs> ugly dining room table that's in the shed that's yeah. been there for years. They think that, that that's okay. Right. The, the classic is the deep freezer <laughs> in oh, the basement. Oh, my gosh. With the three-inch <laughs> I don't know. thong. Yeah. I, yeah, and I don't know how they got it in the basement. Like, it's this, there's this freezer there. It's probably 100 years old. It must have been built in the basement because everybody tries to, like, you, like <laughs> hey, notice how they get, they actually, get in the basement. You just can't get them out. Yeah. I had um, a property on, on Green Meadow, and my sellers were so worried because they couldn't remove it. When they bought the house, <laughs> it, it was, was already there. Wow. Um, and they thought, yeah, great, okay, we'll keep it. And, and they never used it. They used it as a folding table because it was in the laundry room. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, they were so worried about, you know, what the buyers right. would do. And so they actually had to hire somebody to cut up the freezer wow. to remove it from the basement because um, there was no way it could get out, even with removing the railing. I have no idea how these people got it in there the first That's in incredible. the first place. It, it, I'll tell you, these freezers, they come, sh- they, they're sh- they must be shrinking as they get them, and then they expand. Yeah. They expand in the well, basement. They had a freezer, and then Imagine. they built a house. That's, That's it. Really yeah, happened. like it seems like everybody buys a freezer first, then the house. <laughs> yeah, it's an anomaly. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> no kidding. All right, another quick break, and we are back with the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM nine hundred CHML. Homeward bound. I wish I was homeward bound. Home where my thoughts escaping home. When my music's playing home, when my love lies waiting silently for me. And we're back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Our special guests this morning, Jennifer Dreho and Monique Taylor. Uh, Monique Taylor? No, Monique McKay. Monique Taylor, <laughs> she's a Hamilton Taylor Mountain MPP. Good. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Monique and Jennifer, both uh, sales representatives with Rob Golfie on the Golfie team. 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. And I guess it's funny story time. Or maybe funny to some people. Yeah. Um, this just happened, um, I think, was it last week? Um, Binda on our team uh, sold this house. And uh, so the homeowner, she, she's, she was an odd type character. Um, anyway, so the closing date was fr- Friday. You're saying Binda's the odd character? No, 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 okay. no, 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 the homeowner. <laughs> so, um, um, so she, an elderly lady, and um, so she, uh, so we sold the house, and uh, on closing date, you know, it closed. She she got her money, okay, but she didn't move out. 
What? <laughs> yeah. And uh, she wanted the best of both worlds. Yeah, she got the house <laughs> and the money. She got the house and the money. It uh, so oh, and, it, and it, it's a, it's a disaster because now we're getting phone calls. So she's still is she still <laughs> in the house? She is still in the she's house. She's still in the house today. Yeah. And when did the house sell? Friday. Last Friday. She's been in there for a week. Yeah. No, over the long oh my weekend. God. It's, it, the, yeah, it, it's a disaster. It's, squatting there. Oh yeah. So uh, so the lawyers are calling and. And we're like, you know, like, so we call, so we we called her. Now she's got her phone disconnected. Oh my! So then we called the son. So this, I think, this was yesterday or the day before yesterday. Um, so we got a hold of the son. Say, listen, your mother's got to move out of this house. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, like she's got her money and she's got the house, and she, and so the the son understands and everything. So he went trying to pack everything up. The truck comes. Right. She sends it away. No way. I, I can't believe it. Like so um What does she think? I don't know. I don't know, but um So she was supposed to be out of there last Friday. Last so Friday. It's over a week now. It's over a week and, now. And so she still has her stuff in the home? Still has her stuff in the home. The 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 son helped try to help her pack and you know, <laughs> you know, like we got the truck coming. Sure, yeah. the, the the movers are coming. What about the other agent? Where is that person? Ugh. The other the buyer yeah. like you know what, I don't know because they must obviously are not moving in right away. I don't know what the situation is on that. On that, when it comes to, I'm sure somebody's going crazy wow. there because you 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 basically paid like six seven hundred thousand for this house and you can't even move into it. So does it? So you you can take them to small claims court or take them to court. But how long does that take? Right. Or does that become a landlord tenant issue now? So what about the people moving into that supposed to move into the house? Are they homeless? Yeah, like I, I like I, I, they have a key, right? They could just all share them. Yeah, yeah. All share them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the crazy but lady. Survival yeah. of the fittest. Yeah, yeah. no, I know wow. it, it. It is like I, I've, we've never had that happen in all the you know uh, the years I've been in real estate. Like I mean, there's always a first yeah. for everything. Yeah. But yeah. but yeah, that's um, so I, we don't know you know what to do now. Like we're just uh, like we're, we're trying to get this person out of there, and uh, and we're having a hard time. Battle <laughs> yeah. of the wits. Yeah, you just year. don't know. You just yeah. don't know. It's always good to, you know what my opinion is? When you're buying a house, I mean, we do a final walkthrough. And usually the final walkthrough people do the day before. And it's just a five-minute walkthrough to make sure everything's all there mm-hmm. that day, you know, that when they saw it, when they bought the house. But sometimes it's always good maybe to do it on the morning of, you know what I mean? Because then you know exactly what you're getting. Because right. if anybody's going to do anything... Yeah. Can you imagine walking into a house and they still got, you know, their dishes in the all sink their and their beds the unmade yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, yeah. oh my God, all the pictures are on the wall. Like you, I would be concerned because yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it takes time to pack everything. Now, what can the buyer do in that instance? If they're doing the walkthrough that day or the day before and they see that like nothing's packed. You got to call the lawyer and say, yeah. listen, and we're, we're not closing because. They close. So yeah. like, yeah. you know, it would kind of avoid the, the situation. Then she wouldn't get her of, money. Yeah. Right. She wouldn't get the money. That's why so. it's always, if you, if you can, it's always good to close the house that you're buying a week before you want the house that you're, sell, that, that you're oh, selling. Okay. Yeah. Because it gives, it, it just gives you a little bit uh, of a buffer if anything happens. So now the buyers, if they're moving in, right, um, they booked uh, a, a, a mover they booked a mover they booked everything to, yep. to move in this day now 
their mover i mean they're packed their stuff mm-hmm. isn't probably in a truck because they're moving it over there yep. so now that's going to cost them money so they may have to put this in a storage unit it's just it's, it could end up in a hotel yeah I mean, oh there, yeah there's and a lot probably of probably try to close not on a friday too because then the lawyers like to go home at five and that's it you're done they don't <laughs> we, care we did this a we couple did, of shows yeah ago. we yeah. did this yeah it's always good to close the middle of the week because um if, if, if things don't close that day like like what we said before you, the next day is less than 24 hours but if yeah. you close on a Friday guess what the next day is Monday yeah. and if it's a long weekend it's Tuesday. Man, you got four days <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so so it's always good to close uh, in you know uh, on a, either Wednesday or Thursday yeah. Yeah. it's just less busy too yeah it's easier for the lawyers yeah yeah. Yeah. And if anything pops up, again, they have a couple of days until the weekend to sort it out. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's Well, wow. uh, and apparently there's a garbage situation we're dealing with. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jenny, go tell the story. She's renovating a house. Trying to renovate a house. (laughs) Yeah, don't leave a bin in the front because people like to dump all their stuff in there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, It's just So give us some background. You've you've bought a place. You're renovating it. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Middle of renovations. Renovations have uh, uh, come to a stop right now. Okay. Uh, But, yeah, it's been quite a journey. That's a whole other show. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so I decided I thought it was a good idea to do my first flip, and it's very, very stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, there's lots of things that I'm learning along the way, you know, with one instance, the bin. Don't leave a big garbage bin in the front. Especially downtown Hamilton. (laughs) Yeah, and it's a different world, too, when you're buying something in the daytime. Check it out at nighttime <laughs> because I've been hanging out there. It looks a there. lot different. It's so different. The people are different. I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was like this down here. Oh, well. I didn't know there was monkeys with wings out here. <laughs> it's a totally different situation. Wow. So, yeah, learning lots. That's a whole other show altogether. Yeah. Do you still feel good about this property? Um, I'll let you know next week. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll let you know more about the golfy team when we come back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Our house. One more go-round here. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Sanfran with Rob Golfie, sales representative with REMAX Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Jennifer Grejo and Monique McKay, sales representatives with Rob Golfie on the Golfie team. RobGolfie.com is the website. The phone number, 905-575-7700. Check out Rob Golfie on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, let's learn more about the Golfie team. Well, it's been uh, a good year. Uh, we've been working hard. Um, we've been doing well for our buyers and our sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, going in, um, it, it is very competitive. I mean, the market's good. Oh yeah. Um, you know, um, there's always new agents coming in, offering, you know, um, different services, and sometimes, um, you know, it um, they pick it up, but sometimes they pick the wrong agent. We're finding that a lot of agents are overpricing homes, and uh, and it's hurting them. And uh, and then now that uh, so b- what happens is the house stays on the market longer and then mm-hmm. they have to do a price adjustment. Mm-hmm. That costs them money. Um, so, you know, we go in, we, we, we tell the truth, we say what we feel the value is, and then, and then if the homeowner wants to put a higher value on the, price, on the house uh, and, and list it at that price, we, we go along with it because now we've given them what we feel. And, uh, and but you know what? It's, it's kind of it's hard because you do want to give people an honest evaluation, and I've lost a couple of listings you know, presentations in the mm-hmm. last few weeks uh, because, you know, I'm you're stating, you know, what it is. The comparables don't lie. Mm-hmm. And sure, yes, you can price 
your house almost at anything, but still, if you're overpriced, you can never underprice it, but if you're overpriced, you're sitting for a long time, other agents are getting the listing, they're going to beat down their clients, and eventually they're going to end up at the price you set anyway. Yeah. So, right, yeah. right. So it, it's kind of tough sometimes, um, but at least you know at the end of the day that you did your job properly, and I think that's important. And you're only going to sabotage yourself by um, overlisting a property because the, par- the property is going to sit on the market for yeah. a long period of time. All the other houses around you are going to sell, and people then there's now going to be a stigma attached to the property. Mm-hmm. But why is this property sat on the market so long? What's right. wrong with it? You know, so um, at the end of the day, you're only hurting yourself. Yeah, and not only that, the list of buyers has now dwindled over that time frame. Absolutely, right. that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. now They've every, moved every on. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. So all the all the buyers that were looking in that price range are gone now. Yeah. They won't come back. Mm-hmm. But the first question that most buyers ask: How long has this house been on the market? Right. Right. And why is it still on the market? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what's absolutely. wrong with it? That's right? it. Yeah. So, so, but, uh, but anyway, we've got a we got a great team. Um, we um, we do everything ethical, and uh, we're number one in the in the uh, Hamilton, Hamilton, Burlington, and surrounding areas by transactions, mm-hmm. and we've been consistently doing that for many years. And uh, we couldn't do that without uh, being, uh, uh, you know, good, a uh, good solid team. Yeah, yeah. And that says a lot because as a buyer and as a seller, you look at that statistic, you look at the numbers, you look at the people that are on the team, and you say, "I want to be a part of that because I want, I want action on my property." Right. Well, you want the action, right? But but you also want uh, the credibility. Sure. Uh, you know, with working with people, and you want the the knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're buying something, you, you want the agent that knows the market. Like you don't. Want somebody that just you know started and and they don't know what's going on in that neighborhood and things like that. Mm-hmm. So and, yeah. I mean we're we're in tune to what's going on in the, in the market, yeah. um, and everything else. Well, so. perfect example because everybody I think wants to play real estate agent, whether you're a real estate agent or not. And and for my example is you guys had a home on my street, Wellburn Drive. I thought this is going to be on the market for weeks, right? Yeah. And it was like four days, three days. I don't know. It, it, it was a matter of days, less than a week, and it was gone. Yeah. And then it was another one up Upper Wellington, I think. Yeah. And I was thinking the same thing. Oh, here's another home, a golfy yeah. team. They're like, what? Like three days later, boom, sold. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Well, I'll give you a perfect example. There was a house in Stony Creek, and um, we it was a four-level back split. Um, they had somebody uh, come in and give an evaluation of four hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and I and I knew what that agent did as an evaluation because there was another one on the street that came up uh, and sold for four hundred. So they called us in. So we went in, and 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 I. Uh, I, uh, I I saw the property and I said, you know what? So first I start with the street and then I go with the the neighborhood and right. then I, I go outside. So I said to the homeowner, somewhere between uh, four six four sixty four seventy uh, should be. So we're the, we're we're talking a seventy thousand mm-hmm. dollar difference, and and I think that's what the number they wanted to hear more. Obviously now normally. Um, and I, and I knew the mistake the other agent made. I knew it. So this is where our experience comes in. We listed it, I think, uh, four sixty nine nine, and we sold it uh, within a week, very close to that asking price. Hmm. And then, wow. so that was a sixty nine thousand dollar difference that could have uh, hurt the uh, the uh, that seller if they went with the other agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How fun or how challenging is it to be a realtor right now? Um, <laughs> it's probably a bit of both. Obviously. You know what? It's very challenging yeah. at, at times. It's fun because. It's- Lucky for us, we're in the market. We're, we're at the hottest market mm-hmm. uh, out there, mm-hmm. and it's exciting. I've got friends that do real estate in Vancouver, and they're like, wow, Hamilton's doing so amazing. Mm-hmm. And even Toronto is like, they're just kind of in awe of what we're able to do. Mm-hmm. But it's exciting because we get to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. mean, this transformation is, is just so wonderful yeah. to be a part of. And it's, 
I think it's really exciting representing the sellers and when you get those multiple offers and their house sells for so much more than what they had anticipated. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. Um, but it can be challenging representing the buyer um, and really um, trying to get that house for, for the right price, not overpaying, mm-hmm. but you know, also securing the deal. So when you're dealing with you know, 10 other offers and it, it can be frustrating for buyers. Yeah. 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 The challenges are certainly there with inventory, just trying to find stuff you know, yeah. for investors out here. Everyone's looking for the same thing. It is an exciting time. Uh, we're plumb out of time. So I want to thank you for coming in once again. And uh, we'll be back next week with the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML.